Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. Thank you for joining us. One of the things I've, I've learned about preaching is that part of preaching is tearing down uh, the common thought of the day. So if you look at the Apostle Paul, he would uh, come into a city and he said, I was walking by um, uh, these monuments and I see, saw the monument to the unknown God and I want to talk to you about the unknown God. And he says, you are a very superstitious people. Part of what made Paul a great preacher is that he could bring um, modern, uh, uh, modern culture into his preaching. And he would even talk about how, uh, you know, one of your own poets says that um, all Cretans are gluttons. And he says, and this is a true record of them, right? So he brings something that's modern day and brings in the preaching. Um, and it isn't just that you need to be able to have cultural references in your preaching, but that you can tear down the modern thought of the day. Oh, you know, uh, they say you only live once, but I want to tell you that you only live forever. That when you when you die on this earth, life doesn't end. It isn't a fade to black. But when you when you die, when you breathe out your last breath, you either go to a lost eternity or you go to a eternal life and to see Jesus. You, you, you take the prevailing thought of the day and you tear it down. And so when I do these podcasts, it's not much different. Uh, if you hear me talk about modern Christianity, it's because there's a there's teaching. If if we you could turn on Christian radio for an hour and you hear you'll hear five or six doctrines that I preach against, right? You know, it's just mountains and valleys. You know, sometimes it's okay to not to not be okay. You know, things that the people just say that have no basis in the Word of God, but they take it as their doctrine and as their theology, and they and they filter their life through those things. So I was reading the scriptures, and I said all that to get to something that I'm going to tear down uh, again today. But First Thessalonians chapter five, verse twelve, it says, "We ask you, brothers, to respect those who labor among you and are over you in the Lord, and admonish you, and to esteem them very highly in love because of their work. Be at peace among yourselves, and we urge you, brothers, admonish the idle, encourage the faint-hearted, help the weak, be patient with them all." See that no one repays evil for evil, but always do good. Always seek to do good to one another and to everyone. That word admonish, sometimes we read these words and, and they get a little bit um, lost. The meaning of it gets lost. But that word admonish means warn. So I want to read this again with that in mind. It says, uh, respect those who labor among you and are over you in the Lord and warn you to esteem them very highly in love because of their work. Be at peace among yourselves, we urge you, brothers. Warn the idle. That other, another word for the word idle is warn the undisciplined, warn the disorderly. When I was in sales and I was a manager, I would have people who, uh, you know, I'd recruit and, and, and you train and you begin to train people. And I always look, number one, for the characteristic of, of people being uh, trainable, people with a good learning attitude, the worst thing was when someone came in and maybe even had a background in sales and felt like they knew how to do it and they couldn't take instruction, number one. Number two is just a, someone who is disciplined. If I could find someone who is hardworking and disciplined, I know that I could help them be successful because if they had an attitude to learn and then they were disciplined, but you meet so many people that they've never had to work in their life and then they commit and they're all like hype. Yeah, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to make these changes. And a day later, I remember a guy that came to me, this was during my days in sales, and he said, hey, um, I need to get closer to the Lord, 
what can I do? And I said, okay, I'm going to give you some daily disciplines. Are you ready? He said, yes. I said, all right, we're going to start with one daily discipline. And he'd spent, he'd spent, you know, a, quite a bit of time pouring out his heart about how he needed to be close to the Lord and he was willing to do whatever it took. It wasn't just like me coming to him and saying, hey, I think you should make these changes. He came to me and said, I really need to make changes. I need to get close to the Lord. I said, okay, you ready? I need you to read your Bible for at least, and I don't know if it was 15 or 30 minutes a day, 15 minutes, daily discipline. I'm only giving you one in the morning before work. Work starts at like 11 or 12 in the morning. Wake up and read the Bible for 15 minutes. Can you do it? Yes, I can do it. You start tomorrow? Yes, I'm going to start tomorrow. Okay, well, every day I want you to be accountable to me and tell me every day that you've read the Bible. Okay, okay. Tomorrow for sure. Next day, get to work. Hey, how'd it go, bro? What did you read today? Oh, you know, I missed it today. Why? What happened? You know, um, no joke. This is it. Old Navy had a sale. And so I woke up, I kind of slept in and I woke up and then I went down to Old Navy when they opened. You're telling me you want to get your heart and your life right with God. And Old Navy, it t- Old Navy, Old Navy had a sale. Not Gucci, not, not Adidas. Old Navy had a sale. And you're going to, and you're going to, on day one, it's not like you're four days in and you're kind of getting like the first day. This is what happens is that someone who's just undisciplined. And so there's people, the Bible says, encourage the faint hearted. That word encourage means to strengthen. Hey, if you've been, the Bible says, don't grow weary in doing well. If you've been doing well and you've been going after the Lord, for many people, they're, they're praying and they're fasting and they're pressing in. And I want to encourage you. I want my preaching to add strength to your seeking. I want to encourage you. Keep going. Keep going. You, God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Because you're seeking God, there is a time of reward. You never seek the Lord without reward coming back to you. Keep going. So that's what it means. Encourage the faint-hearted, those who are going and it seems like nothing's happening. But I want to tell you, you'll never seek God and not be rewarded for it. But then for those who are undisciplined, the Bible says, esteem those highly who warn you. Who, though, there are th- those who God puts in your life to warn you, to tell you, if you continue in this path, You know, that guy who came to me, unfortunately, I don't even think he's serving the Lord today because of old Navy. And, you know, I can joke about it. But to me, it was like the most because I'm used to people like, oh, I'm going to do this. And then they do it for a week. And then after a week, I don't hear from them. But it was the first day. Like if you ever that's why the Bible says a double minded man is unstable because one day he goes out of his way. The most important thing in my life is I get right with God. And the next day. Old Navy is more important than getting right with God. And so you, th- there's, there's preachers that God puts in people's lives just to warn them. Why? Because the reality is, is when your time on earth comes to an end, there is heaven and there is hell. And people have this idea that God just lets anybody in. Yeah, well, God's merciful. So I think, you know, even though I'm living in sin and that God will just, no, it goes against justice. God can't be a good God if he's not just. God is a God of justice, and he keeps justice. 2 Thessalonians 3, 
Verse 13, And as for you, brothers, do not grow weary in doing good. If anyone does not obey what we say in this letter, take note of that person. Listen to this. If there's people you know that hear the gospel and don't obey the gospel, the very simple things, if there's people in your friends group who call themselves Christian, but you can look at their life and say, they're not, they don't obey the Bible. They know what the Bible says, but they're choosing not to obey it. People who are rebellious to parents, people who know that, and I'm not talking about someone who's in sin, who like hates it and is struggling to overcome it. Because people who struggle, you know, people who hate sin and are trying their hardest to be free from it, it's not long until they're free from it. But there's people who just allow sin in their life. If you have those friends who call themselves Christians, but they just do whatever they want and they treat sin lightly, it says, if anyone does not obey what we say in this letter, take note of that person and have nothing to do with him that he may be ashamed. 15, do not regard him as an enemy, but warn him as a brother. You know, this is the thing. People have gotten to the place where they don't, they can't even hear a rebuke where the gospel has to just be encouragement. And the gospel is encouragement, but part of the gospel is rebuking too. Yes, man, people people have itching ears to hear the gospel that they the, the gospel that, that never condemns them, never never uh, brings about guilt, never brings about a feeling of uncomfortability. And so if you look at the modern church, you see that where there's no, there's no preaching of you have to change. If you don't change, you'll go to hell. You ha- That's part of the gospel is that this price was paid, but your actions have to line up with the gospel. There's a place of warning. The Bible says, esteem those who God has placed over you to warn you, to warn you. They're watching over your souls, the Bible says. 2 Timothy 4, I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is the is to judge the living and the dead, and by his appearing in his kingdom. Preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, and exhort with complete patience and teaching. For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, but having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths." So he says here very clearly, reprove, rebuke, and exhort. There's going to be people who won't hear it. There's going to be people who will find a church that doesn't preach against sin. You know, I went to a church, and I won't say the name, but you would know the name of the church. It was in another country. It's it's a worldwide church. And I went in, and we were excited to be there. Praise and worship was awesome. And and, uh, um, they get up to preach. And I wasn't expecting a long message. I know how these things go. They get up to preach. And the guy, you know, the person introducing the speaker for the day was like, I've heard this message on Wednesday at the, this group and, you know, it's life changing. It's so awesome. And the guy gets up and he begins to preach and he begins to talk about, he says, the reason why as a church, we don't preach against sin and we don't preach, talk about sin. And I thought to myself, oh my goodness, the Lord has me here because the Lord places me in, in places to hear garbage doctrine so that I can be strong against garbage doctrine. And he says, the reason we don't preach against it is it's like, it's like your gravitational force. If all we do is preach against sin, then you hover around the planet of sin and the gravitational force. If all you think about is not sinning, not sinning, you're going to gravitate towards sin. But if I preach who you are in Christ Jesus, then you'll gravitate around that world and you won't think about sin and you'll gravitate to who you are in Christ, which can sound good, but there's always a balance. It's like, 
you, it's not one or the other. The Bible says, preach the full counsel of the Word of God. So just because there's, there's denominations that, that don't talk about who you are in Christ, that you're the righteousness of God, that you're forgiven, that God loves you, that there's grace, that there's mercy, that just because they don't talk about that and they always... And there's, I mean, you can pull up messages on YouTube. TV is of the devil. If you watch TV, you're going to, I mean, people just preach. And all they do is preach against what not to do. And it's rules and religion. And there's no reality of who you are. But it's, you don't have to choose one or the other. There's a balance. It's like saying, what's more important, faith or grace? No, the Bible says you are saved by grace through faith. You need both. You're not saved through grace alone. You need faith. You're not saved through faith alone. Faith alone, you need grace. And so it's both. And so you preach, listen, if you continue in sin, you won't make it to heaven. But do you know who you are? You're not a sinner. You're the righteousness of God in Christ. And as I sat and listened to this, I got so frustrated on the inside because I thought this is why, because they're unwilling to take a stand. And, and as a pastor, I would be so nervous. They, pastors receive the greater condemnation. As a pastor who's, who's not willing to stand up, and rebuke. You know, John the Baptist died over rebuking Herod. He rebuked Herod over having Philip's, uh, his brother Philip's wife. And then all the Bible says all the other evils in Luke 19 that he did. And he was put in prison. And then the whole dance thing happened. And then his head ended up on a platter. He died for standing up and rebuking sin. I don't care if you're the president of the country. I'm here to tell you that having your brother's wife, this is, this is John the Baptist. He died, but this is the preacher's job. When you stand before God, you're going to receive a great, because there are preachers who are unwilling to warn their church. People look at this life as like, oh, I just want to be comfortable. People want their Christianity to be comfortable. But let me ask you, do you have ears to hear a rebuke? Or do you have itching ears where, where you only want, I mean, there, yes, if, if you organize your life properly, the rebukes will become less and less, and it'll mostly be encouraged. It'll be people encourage the faint, those who are going after. Many people don't need a full-on rebuke, but for those who need it, they know they need it. Don't treat sin lightly. I'm going to run through these. I want, to see, I want you to see something here. That word reprove means to call to account, to show one his fault, and to demand an explanation. You reprove someone. It says rebuke, to charge sharply and tax with fault. Like saying, you are to blame, change your ways. And then exhort to his in comfort, to encourage and to strengthen. You know, on that last one, on, on strengthening, it says here um, in the book of Ezra, uh, chapter 6, verse 14, it says, so the Jewish elders continued their work and they were greatly encouraged by the preaching of the prophets. Preaching should encourage you. Good preaching encourages me. But there's also the warning, because the truth is, if I throw, if I give a warning against sin, people who aren't living in sin aren't discouraged by it. They're encouraged that, hey, man, I'm 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 on the right track. But then those who are are drifting away from the truth, the warning is there to pull you back. You don't know how long your life will be. You don't know what lies ahead. You don't know when your life will be required of you. You don't know how, how a little sin, the little foxes, foxes spoil the vine. A little sin, a little open door can, can, bring in, can bring in a backsliding heart. Sin changes your heart towards God. And so you see where God has made it for us to, to, to re, preachers to reprove people. Do you have ears to hear? There are, other, there are other verses I was going to go through, but I won't get to them today. But I want to ask you, do you have ears 
Do you have a heart that can receive a warning? Is your heart open to reproof? The Bible says the Lord chastens. No no chastening is enjoyable, but the Lord chastens those he loves. It's the mark of being a son and a daughter of God that God would correct you. Are you willing to receive correction or has your heart grown cold? Has your heart grown hard towards that? While I'm on this earth, Lord, whatever you have to do, Father, don't let me miss heaven. Lord, I'm not here for my way. I'm here for your way. Lord, redirect my steps. Father, your word, you said your engrafted word is able to save my souls. It may not seem natural, the ways of God, but Lord, whatever you tell me to do, Lord, I'm here to do any rebuke you have for me. Lord, I'm here to receive it. I belong to you, Lord. I belong to you and esteem those to you out there. Esteem those that God has put in your life to warn, to rebuke your pastor, your leaders, your parents. They're there to, to, to rebuke you at times, to encourage you, but also to rebuke you, to warn you. Say, hey, if you don't make changes, it's not going to go well. I'm thankful for the people God has put in my path who've been able to rebuke me when I needed it. And now for the Spirit of God who leads me in the way that I should go. I love you. Thanks for joining me. We'll see you on the next podcast.